podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, What's good, boys and girls? A tap predictable podcast for game week 29 brought to you by EPRindex.com in association with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider and you can check out their services at LibertyShield.com. You guys can save with the coupon code Router50, 50% off a router, get it for only £7.99, valid until 31 March. Uh, Liberty Shield, it's a virtual private network. It's technology that encrypts your internet traffic to protect your online identity hide your ip address and shield your online data from third parties you can also avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions to access any website that you want also guys go check out eplindex.com stroke predictions and you stand a chance to win um, obviously that is our predictions competition that we're hosting they are cash prize of 300 pounds there's also a gift voucher for 100 pounds in there and i'll plug that closer to the end but i thought i'd start the podcast you know and kind of tip the cap to the two-footed podcast with dave hendrick that goes on uh every single day during the week monday to friday and the reason i'm doing that is because today i'm doing this podcast solo which is quite an interesting thing for me um usually we have guests on but as a result of what happened yesterday with the Chelsea situation, um, I'm ending up recording this at an hour that I would not expect anyone to be, um, you know, awake or, or, or ready to podcast. So I didn't want to put that kind of pressure on any of our guests um, to, to try and record this at a ridiculous hour. Also, usually have product, uh, producer Mr. Guy Drinkle in my ear for these podcasts. He's also got a break from this one because yeah it, it's it's it was the only time that I was able to record it and in saying that I will not be talking about the Chelsea situation um for work related reasons and, um but we'll move on to the predictions for this weekend and it is quite an interesting weekend of Premier League games obviously game week 29 has midweek fixtures as well and as we have been doing of late for the midweek fixtures we will bring out a, a, a podcast for them as well opposed to you guys just sitting here for you know hour and a half two hours listening to us go through all of the games of that game week we'll we'll run through saturday's game sunday's game um games and then the monday night football game as well that crystal palace man city game and then next week monday um might be out maybe Tuesday morning or late Monday evening, we will have a podcast that then covers 
the remaining games. I think there's about three games there. There's um, the Brighton versus Spurs game, Arsenal versus Liverpool, Everton versus Newcastle. And because there are three games there, what we'll do is we'll tie in the weekend game. So the, the, the weekend that starts Friday the 18th, next weekend, game week 30, we'll go through those fixtures as well um, because they're only four games for that game week because obviously there's FA Cup ties happening as well so it's quite easy for us to split it up that way and, and give you guys the best product that we can so no further ado um, let's go into the fixtures for this weekend we've got Brighton versus Liverpool kicking us off at twelve thirty. obviously if you're in the UK that's on BT Sport but as I said if you've got Liberty Shield um, that's not a big issue for you you just able to log on search for the game itself and um are able to watch it i mean i usually watch it on super sport so the south african uh dstv uh, channel super sport because they usually have the best commentators i've found um you know the likes of john champion peter drury the, those guys um I prefer them so to speak at times. It, it depends. It depends. Um, so yeah, I usually watch on super sport or if it's, I don't know if you're in, you know, for the U S listeners out there, they know NBC, they, they host games as well. The zone, you've got so many different options that you can, you can pick from, or if, if you don't have a specific channel that you like, um, there's also a special feature uh, where you can just go and search for the games that are going on that day. Um, so if you just go to Liverpool on the section, then it will automatically, you know, show the game in one of the channels that is showing it. So then you don't have to search for which channel it's being shown on. It's just a really fantastic tool, Liberty Shield, and, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. But yeah, Brighton versus Liverpool. Um, I guess I'll start with Liverpool because they had that midweek game, the 1-0 loss to Inter Milan in the Champions League, but they still progress in the Champions League. They had that 2-0 advantage um, that they came out of the first leg with. So they still advanced 2-1 on aggregate. And there was quite a bit of talk on, oh, you know, this Liverpool team, they weren't on it. Um, if they're not careful, you know, um, they could be in a bit of a slump here. They need to get out of a slump. I found that a bit weird because this is a team that's only lost three games this season. So if there's any team that, you know, has momentum and form, it's probably the team that's only lost three games this season. And the game itself with Inter Milan, for those that didn't watch that one, um, Liverpool created so many chances. They hit the post three times. Um, The Inter Milan goal is one of those outside-the-box really special goals where... Eight times out of ten, you're probably banking on him not hitting the top corner. Um, so, if 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 you know, for for me, I'm I'm just saying for Liverpool fans that were concerned, I don't think it's much of a concern that game. They created enough chances. If if it was a situation where they didn't create any chances, then I would be worried. But they created enough chances. Their finishing was just off, and you get games like that. And if you're gonna have a game like that where you play well but your finishing is off, rather let it be in a game that doesn't really have that much of a consequence in terms of your progression in the competition. It didn't hurt them um, any any bit in terms of that. And yeah, I, I think they just keep ticking over. They come up against Brighton, obviously a team that is very you know comfortable on the ball. It will be interesting to see how they handle the Liverpool press 
um, and whether or not the fact that Brighton like the ball a lot is to their disadvantage because it will give Liverpool an opportunity to really press them and press them in dangerous situations, you know, in, in, in Brighton's half um, and then try and capitalize from that and, and get shots and, and, and create chances from presses inside Brighton's uh, half, which Liverpool are really, really good at. Um, from a Brighton perspective, I think that's the biggest concern. And then trying to be clinical. I mean, Liverpool don't give away too many chances to teams and, and a Brighton side that doesn't have lethal strikers that's going to be the concern because the chances are going to be very few. They're going to need to be on it and, and take any of the chances that they do get. So you can kind of guess where I'm leaning with this one. Definitely, I'm, I'm going with the Liverpool win. I think they rotate the squad again. Uh, Klopp's been very good with that this season in terms of rotation. So for you fantasy players out there, um, some of the, the players like the Jotas, the Diazes, it might be tricky whether or not they start this game um, because Liverpool have that midweek game obviously um, on Wednesday against Arsenal so it's possible that even you know maybe he rests one of Salah or Mane more likely Mane than Salah because Salah seems to play quite a lot um, he's played the most minutes since Jurgen Klopp's been at Liverpool so that's an indication there but I'm going with a 3-1 Liverpool win um, I'm giving Brighton a goal in this one as non-lethal as I think they are just because there's the intergame, this Brighton game, and then the Arsenal game, and it's an early kickoff. Liverpool in the past have been prone to that Saturday early kickoff and, and sometimes start games a bit slow and then kind of get into it. And, and I wouldn't be, if I'm Brighton, I'm, I'm aiming for a really hot start. It's at home. Let's get the crowd behind us. They get an early goal. But I think Liverpool have enough in them to recover. Um, and speaking of recovery, we'll move on to our next game. It's Brighton versus Burnley. And um, I mean, it's Brentford versus Burnley, sorry. And, and I mentioned recovery because Brentford were basically nosediving towards the relegation zone. And then they come up against Norwich. And Norwich just seemed to be the gift that keeps on giving in terms of other teams in the Premier League this season. They 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 started the game well. I mean they Norwich started the game well in that game, but Brentford obviously went on to go and win that game three one. It was good for them to have Ivan Tony back. He obviously gets a hat trick in that game. So that that was the massive thing for them. Getting Ivan Tony back. Um Ericsson starting to get involved as, as well as good to see and, and it's heartwarming for any football fan I, I would imagine. So that kind of just helped Brentford, I think, just stop the rut, so to speak, um, and allow them maybe to reset a little bit and, and try and continue uh, to to basically add points to the brilliant start that they had at the beginning of the season. Because obviously, once the injury started hitting them, they have not been they've not been good um, in recent history. And that's dating all the way back to sort of December, January time. So it was vital for them to get that win. They sit in 15th place and they're playing Burnley, a side who is currently six points behind them with two games in hand. And if you count this game as, you know, the, the famous six pointer type games, it's, it's, I think it's crucial that Brentford don't lose this game. I think they take a draw. Um, Obviously, they they definitely take a win, but I think a draw would be really good for Brentford in this game, and and it's at home, but um, against the Burnley side, who I think 
from a fantasy perspective, probably disappointing for some people because people would have had the likes of um, um, Verghorst coming into their teams. But also on the pitch, they've had some tough losses of late. Obviously, that Chelsea game, most recent, they lost 4-0 to Chelsea last weekend. And then, you know, they had, they had a good first half, the 45 minutes, where Chelsea were creating chances, but Burnley were holding on and kind of trying to create their chances as well. But then it just kind of collapsed after half time for them. So maybe maybe something to look at there. And then the previous week they lost two nil to Leicester City. And then obviously um they had that one nil win against Spurs, which was sandwiched in there after having won also three uh, nil against Brighton. So a bit of a shaky form for, for, for Burnley at the moment, trying to make up those those games that they've been missing. Maybe the thing that helps them out at the moment is they do have games in hand over the likes of Leeds and Brentford. And those are probably the two teams that Burnley will be targeting. Um, obviously, Everton is in the mix there as well. But Everton actually have a game in hand over Burnley. So I think, yeah, if, if Burnley can target Leeds and Brentford and, and try and get above them, they should be fine this season. Uh, having said that, um, I think the, the Ivan Tony coming back is huge. Huge for Brentford. I'm going to give this game a 1-1 draw. Um, and as I said, I think that's going to favor Brentford more than Burnley. Um, two teams that will be hoping there isn't a draw, though. It's Man United and Tottenham Hotspur. They obviously are the late kickoff on um, this weekend's Saturday fixtures, uh, the 5.30 kickoff. And this is a massive game for both teams, uh, both chasing top four. I think both also chasing a Arsenal side that is playing well at the moment, probably, you know, bar Liverpool in the Premier League, Arsenal are probably the most informed side at the moment and are, are doing really well, uh, you know, trying to secure that fourth place. And the, the, the beauty for Arsenal is they've got games in hand on everyone chasing them uh, for that top four spot. Uh, obviously, one game um, over Spurs, they've got three games over West Ham and Man United and Wolves as well. So they're in a very, very favorable position. And I'm sure Arsenal will be sat back, relaxed with popcorn watching this game because either way, one of the teams that is trying to hunt them down is going to lose points or both are going to lose points. So from Man United's perspective, um, it's at home. They obviously had the big win against Spurs earlier in the season and that kind of was a huge domino because if Man United win that game and as they did Spurs then fire Nuno and they get Conte and you know the the thought process is if Spurs had won that game do Man United then fire Oli and Man United get Conte uh, so that was huge um, ramifications that came from that game so maybe this is the the, the, the Conte battle Maybe this is a Conte, the, the Conte game, you know, um, and Conte will be looking to improve Spurs' consistency this season, back-to-back -back wins for the first time in a good while for Spurs. Um, the 5-0 Everton win, very emphatic there. And then obviously they had the 4-0 win against Leeds as well. So Spurs are coming into this game with probably the most confidence they've felt in a long time. Um against a Man United side whose confidence is a bit shot at the moment. You know, the draw to Watford, that's just disappointing at home. There's no excuse whatsoever to be drawing to Watford at home at Old Trafford, especially when there's so much on the line in terms of top four. And then they had the humiliating 4-1 defeat 
to Man City in the Manchester derby last weekend. So they need to respond. The fans will be expecting a response. Old Trafford will be expecting a response. And that probably means Man United are going to play on the front foot. Um, usually when, when Man United start feeling the pressure from the fans and stuff, they try and play on the front foot a lot more. And I think that's to their detriment with the style of team that they've put together this season. Um, I think counter-attacking football probably suits them a lot better. And that's the system they used to beat Spurs um, back um, back in the first half of the season was a counter-attacking system and, and having very clinical uh, forwards up front. Um, but I think, yeah, I think roles reversed this, this time around in terms of Spurs will be the ones that will be looking to counter-attack. And I'm, I'm very worried about Man United's transition defending in this one. I'm giving this one a 2-1 away win to Spurs, and that just piles massive, massive pressure on Man United heading into this last bit of the season, um, the fourth quarter, so to speak, in terms of getting into that champion, Champions League position. And look, a team that's not too worried about not making the Champions League because they currently sit in third place. Uh, I think they're looking comfortable for that third place spot. Obviously, Arsenal are hounding them down, but, uh, you know, and Arsenal have two games in hand over Chelsea. Um, so maybe Arsenal are eyeing that third spot, but I do think Chelsea have enough to just see it out in third place. I don't think they're going to be challenging um, higher than that. Um, I think third is kind of where they will finish this season. Um, they come up against Newcastle, obviously a side that hasn't lost in 2022. Only two sides in the Premier League haven't lost in 2022. Newcastle and then obviously the in-trouble Liverpool, if some people are to believe. But yeah, Liverpool haven't lost in the Premier League this season. So this is a very interesting game. Two sides that are coming into this one in really good form. Uh, Chelsea obviously had the game last night against Norwich. They won 3-1 in that one, and they'll be looking to continue that momentum. Against the Newcastle side who played Southampton, um, that game was also last night, and it was a very, very interesting game. Um, it looked like Southampton had the ascendancy at, at one point, and then Newcastle kind of flipped the the, the script on them um, and, and end up getting two goals, a, a brilliant goal by Gimaresh on debut to, to end up being the winner. And it seems like the Newcastle players are starting to get really comfortable with the Eddie Howe system and how he wants them to play um, this season. And, and it's exciting to see what they can do this season. I mean, they're up to 14th place. I think, it, you know, we've been saying it for a couple of games now. It's safe to say they're not getting relegated this season. And that is the biggest thing for Newcastle is making sure they stay in the Premier League because we know what they can do with the financial power they have come the summer. Um, Chelsea, on the other hand, obviously tough for the players is, is, is as far as I'll go on that, but it wasn't, they weren't, they didn't seem af too affected against Norwich. As I said, the 3-1 win, maybe Norwich was the best possible fixture that Chelsea could have after the news um, that came out on, on Thursday. So it at least helped get the W on the board for them. And they'll be hoping to do that again. Just heads down for the players. Keep, um, you know, head down, focused, keep winning games, secure third place, try and go as far as they can in the Cups, I think is is 
is the order of the day for Chelsea for the rest of the season. In terms of predictions for this one, very interesting. Um, I think Chelsea have enough. I do think Chelsea... Look, Newcastle were giving away chances in abundance to Southampton in that game, but Southampton just went clinical. Um, um, especially Broyer had a few chances in that game that I thought he should have put away. Uh, I don't think Chelsea will have that problem. I think they will be clinical in front of goal. And I think they're solid enough defensively to not leak too many goals against Newcastle. I'm going with a 2-0 Chelsea win. Uh, and we move on to Everton versus Wolves. Now, I mentioned obviously Burnley are targeting the likes of Leeds and Brentford. Uh, but Everton are the team that are 17th. So just above Burnley with um, a game in hand. Everton have the game in hand, but they're also one point ahead of Burnley. I mean, Everton's form is not pretty. Um, and it's also not pretty, uh, you know, the, the defeats they had, the Man City game aside, because I thought they, they dug in, they, they, they played well and they were very unfortunate um, to not come away with something from that game. Um, but the 2-0 the, the loss to to Southampton before that and then obviously the 5-0 loss to Spurs were the really worrying things for me and Wolves obviously we've mentioned in the past that they they, they don't score too many goals but they, they kind of changed that against Watford on Thursday night they had that 4-0 win against Watford obviously compounding Watford's woes um, in second last place in the league this is a dangerous game for Everton because Wolves, I don't think, are going to be conceding in this one. So we can just put that zero next to Everton right now. And then it's a question of how how many goals are Wolves going to score? Um, I think they, they will take confidence from that Thursday performance. Perhaps, you know, the one thing going for Everton in, in this game is Wolves have the, the, the minutes in their legs from the Thursday game and maybe that affects them a bit. But... Large has shown he's he's not shy to rotate the squad, so maybe he freshens it up and tries to nullify that a little bit. So, so I'm going with a two nil, a two nil Wolves win. I'm I'm not going too big. Um, obviously Everton will be hoping that they can get something from this game, but at the moment it's just not looking good. Um, I've said it in the past before. They've got the worst manager in the league. Um, unfortunately, it, it, that's just a fact for me. Um, if you look along the league in terms of just the the, the 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 skill level, the capabilities um, that all the managers have, I do think Lampard is the weakest manager in the league and, and that's being shown at present um, and we'll see if that continues um, in this game. We move on to two teams that just can't buy wins. Um, we've got Leeds United versus Norwich. Obviously, Norwich, I mean, I, I mentioned that Brentford game where they started well and then just got destroyed. Um, after 20 minutes, they, they, they seem to just lose the plot. Um, so it's back-to-back 3-1 losses for Norwich in the Premier League and they're, they're just not winning games. They just can't seem to buy. I think since January was the last time that they won a game. Um, they, at least for them, the, the 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 bright thing for them is they're coming up against a team that also can't win win games at the moment. Leeds um, had that three 0 loss to Aston Villa on Thursday night. Now, 
I think Leeds just caught Aston Villa at a time where they're really starting to gel and 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 get into groove with this new formation that Gerard has them playing and and an inform Coutinho as well. So it was unlucky for for a, a, you know Jesse March new to the club coming up against a team that's on the up. Um, well, he's facing a team that's at the bottom of the log now. So this is probably a chance for both teams. Both teams will be fancying this one. Who takes the the win in the end? Um, obviously, my my head says a draw. My heart says a Norwich win, um, as they are the unofficial, official, unofficial team of the podcast this season. But yeah, let, let's let's go with my head for Hans. I've I've gone with my heart pretty much all season with Norwich, and I've been giving them wins when you know the head is saying they're not going to get a result in this one. But you you root for the team. You want them to do well, especially with their appointment on this podcast we we were hoping they would they would pull off a few surprises in this one but i'm going with my head here i'm going with a 1-1 draw i don't think it helps either team that result but it, that's just the way both these teams have gone this season um that you know the results they're getting just don't help them out we move on to southampton versus watford obviously watford another one of those teams in the relegation zone, they also not been playing well of late. I think one win in their last five games. Um, last time out, they played on Thursday night, and we mentioned it, the 4-0 loss to Wolves. And man, it, it was not pretty. <laughs> it was not pretty. Um, they play Southampton. As I mentioned, Southampton started the game well against Newcastle. Should have scored a few more goals and 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 put the pressure on Newcastle, but didn't. And credit to Newcastle coming back in that one. So I think Southampton, they don't need to, you know, I think take the positives from the Newcastle game, which is they were creating chances. The finishing was just off. Um, and they're coming up against a side in really poor form. So I'm expecting Southampton to bounce back here. And unfortunately for Watford, it's another walloping. I'm going with a 3-0 Southampton win here. It's at um, it's at Southampton, at St. Mary's. So... Yeah, um, I think they take that one. And then, guys, we move on to West Ham versus Aston Villa. And I mentioned a bit earlier Aston Villa and the form that they're in. They've jumped up to ninth place in the Premier League at the moment. They've got a game in hand on Wolves, who are in eighth place. So if they if they win that game, they're only three points behind Wolves, um, who, are, who currently occupy that eighth spot. Three wins on the bounce for Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa side. Um, the 2-0 win against Brighton, the 4-0 win against Southampton, and then the 3-0 win against Leeds. As I said, the new formation is working, and I think it's it's going to cause problems for West Ham in this one. West Ham, obviously, they've slidden down the table, currently in sixth place. Um, they've had decent form of late, just the one loss, and it's a loss to Liverpool, a one-nil loss as well, which is, you know, good considering the form Liverpool have in the Premier League, and a couple of draws thrown in there that they probably should have won, uh, draw to Leicester and a draw to Newcastle. If you're chasing fourth, you've got to be winning those games, uh, and then um, obviously they had the one-nil win against Watford and the one-nil win against Wolves, one of the rivals that they were having. Uh, for that top four race. So a must win for West Ham at home against a very tough side. Um, oh man, it, it, it's a tough one to predict for me because I'm, I'm looking at that form that Aston Villa are in um, and I'm wondering whether having the two guys up front in Ings and 
Watkins will be a bit too much for a West Ham side that's usual, usual, usually facing just the one person up up front, and you know they've got big, strong defenders that can usually bully their way through that. Um, I'm 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 gonna give Aston Villa two one win in this one, and which is horrible for West Ham because they're just sliding down down the table, and I'm I'm at the very least. You know, considering all the effort that West Ham have put this season, I, I do hope that they make at least the top seven or top six even, you know, get Europa League football. That would be fantastic uh, for David Moyes and the work that he's been doing there. Um, he, he faced heavy critics when he came back to West Ham, but he's done so well to to correct the the, the ship there and, and really make a challenge for that top four spot. But the team that is comfortably in fourth spot at the moment. And it's very, very, very dangerous to say comfortably and Arsenal in the same sentence because we know Arsenal, especially Arsenal this season, they're very, very streaky. They go on a run and trust the process comes out. Arteta is the second coming. Everyone loves him. And then they just fall off. And then, oh, Arteta doesn't know what he's doing. He needs to be sacked. There's no future there. That's what they've been this season. But I suppose the important thing for Arsenal is, at the moment, they're on the up. They're they're in that patch of form that they needed at the right time to try and pull away from the teams in and around them. And as I said, they've got three games in hand on Man United and West Ham and one game in hand on Tottenham. So... They're in a really favorable position here and, and they're going to be wanting to capitalize on that. They've got two games coming up this game week. Um, we'll obviously touch on the second game in the podcast that comes out, I think, either late Monday or Tuesday, as I said earlier in the podcast. But they play a Leicester side who seem to have woken up somewhat. <laughs> two wins on the bounce. I think that's form for Leicester. That counts as form. Um, doesn't matter that, you know, one of those wins is against a, a lead side that hasn't won a game in Lord knows when. And the other one is against a Burnley side who also have been poor of late this season. But hey, take the wins where they come from if I'm Leicester at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'm... I'm I'm worried, obviously, the Jamie Vardy news is not good for them in terms of him not being available and, and what he brings to the side and so in terms of kind of guaranteed goals. And they're going to be hoping that the, the other guys, you know, the, the, the Vardy replacement, effectively, um, Daka starts to pick up a bit of form and, and, and tries to get a couple of goals going forward. But I think Arsenal continue the good form. They're looking in a good mood. The the only thing that maybe gives me a bit of pause with Arsenal in this game is they've got that Liverpool game in midweek. And do some of the players start to turn their head and attention towards that game and, and get caught, you know, napping a little bit in this one against the Leicester side that is looking quite interesting at the moment, especially after their last two games. Um, I, I'm going with a 2-1 Arsenal win. But I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being the 2-2 late equalizer for Leicester and Arsenal kind of rue not concentrating enough on this game and trying to look ahead. Um, so yeah, on paper, I'm going 2-1, but I wouldn't be surprised with the 2-2 where Leicester come back quite late and, and catch Arsenal sleeping a little bit where the players maybe are, are not putting too, you know, 
the extreme efforts because they want to be ready for that Liverpool game. They don't want to go into 50-50 challenges or something. You hope as professionals that won't happen, but we know how the mind works. We we know sometimes that that plays a factor. So we'll see how that goes there. Guys, we end this podcast off with Crystal Palace versus Manchester City. Um, it's the Monday night football game, as I mentioned. Obviously, City are coming off of that emphatic 4-1 win in the Manchester derby. And, and they will be wanting to continue to put pressure on Liverpool. Um, obviously, they would have seen the Liverpool result, had the whole weekend basically to 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 reflect on that if, if they want to reflect on it. Um, but yeah, the order of the day for City is just keep winning until we, f- we face Liverpool. And that really puts pressure on Liverpool to have to attack that game. And City will 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 try and um, obviously I, th- I think a draw in that Liverpool game is fine for City. They they just have to not lose it, and that makes it a very interesting game. So, in order for that to happen, they need to keep winning, and they need to keep winning on Monday against the Crystal Palace side, who have gotten two wins in their last three games, which is good to see. You know um, that they're starting to put results on the board after you know showing some impressive play throughout the season but not necessarily always getting the results um the impressive one is obviously the 2-0 Wolves win that happened last week Saturday I think Olesi is looking really fantastic and is starting to have a bit more of an influence in games for Crystal Palace and I think you know Patrick Vieira will be hoping that Olesi continues that form into this game against Manchester City because they're going to need players like him to really perform and it makes the job of the likes of Zaha easier if there's someone on the right hand side that the team has to worry about then they can't solely worry about me whereas in the past with Crystal Palace a lot of the attention was on Zaha mark him out the game and you've pretty much beaten Crystal Palace um, that's not the case at the moment. They've got players like Olesi coming in. They've got players like Gallagher coming in as well, um, who are starting to cause problems for teams in a way that frees up more space for Zaha, and maybe that's what helps them out. And, you know, we know that Crystal Palace usually step up when they play Manchester City. You know, whether or not they can do it again in this game will be interesting. I, I just think City are in a ruthless mode at the moment in terms of the Premier League and will want to, as I said, go into that game against Liverpool later on in the season, still three points ahead of them, you know, and and, and putting pressure on them. So I'm going to go with the 2-1 Man City win. I do think that it will be interesting to see how the wingers of Crystal Palace fare against the very attacking-minded fullbacks of Manchester City and whether or not they can cause them problems and maybe force pin them back a little bit. But um, so I, I think there's a there's a counterattack goal in there for Crystal Palace in this game. But Man City they've shown they've they've given that champions pedigree where even sometimes when they're not playing well they still end up getting a result and that seems to not be stopping anytime soon so I think it will be one of those games where Crystal Palace give a good showing as they have done a lot this season but end up on the wrong end of the results for this one um, but guys that is going to do it for another episode of a tad predictable very uh, unusual situation for me doing a solo podcast shout out to Dave Hendrick who does the two-footer podcast 
um so like i don't know how you do that monday to friday i like having guests i like feeding off the guests and as we know um you know i, I am the segue king so you know not having a guest it's very hard to segue off of yourself really i mean there's not much skill in that i, I like i pride in being able to to play off the guests and, and just get a different view on the podcast as well instead of just my own views and how these games are going to go but guys um do go check out EPL Index website, eplindex.com. There will be match previews, post-match reviews, player performances. Um, if you want to catch up on the news, you can find it there as well. Of course, I mentioned the two-footer podcast. That's daily with Dave Hendrick. That's Monday to Friday. Um, also check out the flagship show that runs weekly, the EPL Roundtable with Kev DeVries. He sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams, uh, reviewing and previewing the happenings around the EPL. I will be on that podcast this coming Sunday as well. So looking forward to that one. Um, follow the show on the Twitter page at Tad Predictable. Um, go follow at EPL Index on, on Twitter. Guys, go subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Give us five stars, write some positive comments. That good stuff really, really helps us out. Go sign up for the free season predictions competition I mentioned before. EPLindex.com stroke predictions. You stand a chance to win. All you have to do is get your game week predictions in each week at EPLindex.com stroke predictions. Make sure you save after each batch of fixtures that you do before clicking next uh, so that it does register it. And then um, if you top the leaderboard come the end of this 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL index shop and then also 300 pounds cash prize from our awesome sponsors liberty shield vpn um i've been to the ochanakira you can find me on twitter at tad predicts uh huge shout out to obi semenya for the entrances he's you know the entrance music he's at john empire sa our producer behind the glass uh he had an off day today um he's Guy Drinkle, he's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshura. Sports Social Podcast Network.